Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer-songwriter who has had quite a journey over the last eight years. Her newest EP was released in February, and then at the end of last month, her newest music video came out, and boy, is she having success on YouTube. 1.5 million subscribers on her official channel, and we will talk today about when, where, and how that all got started. She has gotten nationwide radio airplay and toured internationally. In the meantime, you've been hearing a song of hers entitled Too Far. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Alex G. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Alex. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, same. Same. Thanks for having me. You bet. So before we get into all things Alex G music, and since I was talking over it so much, tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Too Far. Sure. Yes. So Too Far was a song I wrote a few years ago, and I wrote it because a lot was just going on in my life, and sometimes you just want to escape. You want to see if you can just get in the car and drive as far as possible and maybe all your problems will magically disappear. Mm. So that is kind of, uh, that's the spirit of Too Far. The video was done with um, a bunch of my friends who later went on tour with me. We had a my first headlining tour across the country and also in Europe and that's who did the video with me. So it's something I'm really proud of. It's fun to work with friends, huh? It's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, You can can get a stranger that you don't know that, you know, directs it and then just get some extras who you don't know and be like, hey, the video looks great. You know, I'm really proud of how it came Uh out. But when you Uh do it with friends, it's like, now it looks great. And I had fun. (laughs) Exactly. And you have good memories. And there's just something about being comfortable with people in a studio or on set that just like makes the entire experience way better. But so do I understand you said that you made the video with friends, but then you started talking about going across the country and then touring. So, <laughs> yeah. So did the friends come on tour with you? That's where I'm getting hung up. They did. Yeah. So um, it was my band and basically just the entire tour crew. Um, I had them shoot the music video with me um, as kind of like an announcement that we were going on tour. And so then later, oh gosh, I don't even remember. I think it was later that year we went on tour and everyone in the video that you saw uh i have a music video on youtube for it um everyone in that video went on tour with me and we were gone for like six weeks it was insane yeah (laughs) and uh when you went internationally was that your first time touring internationally I, i mean performing music and not just going on a vacation um that was not my first time performing um over that was uh 
gosh, I, I had toured but never headlined before. And this was my first headlining tour. So it was like, you know, all of the pressure to sell tickets was on me and and people were coming specifically to see me. But, you know, it was, um, gosh, I mean, touring is difficult, but it was such an amazing memory as well. And I got to meet really cool people. Well, since we're there, I want to talk about this a little more. And before we go too far away from it, ha ha ha, poor choice words. Um, <laughs> too far is a is a is a great song. I really really liked that song when when it got sent thank to you. me in the lead up to today. I listened to it, and those of you who listen to my show every week, thank you, of course. But you know that from time to time, I will tell a guest when I really like their song, and sometimes I will say, if I didn't really like it, I just wouldn't say anything. And yours, Alex, <laughs> I just I just really liked that song. Aww. So, listeners, I I apologize, listeners, that I was talking over it, but that's your incentive to go and and get the single so that mm. you can hear the whole thing. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Gosh, I. I love that song. That's always the one I go back to. If people are like, "What should I? What should I look up of yours?" and I'm always like, "Go listen to Too Far." Ah. It's just, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so for your benefit, Alex, this show is geared a lot towards listeners who are up and coming performers who are trying to learn from me and from my guests. And so just talk about what you started to say there about this was your first time headlining and all of a sudden there's all kinds of different pressures and certainly mm-hmm. your mindset is totally different. You know, what were some of those things that you had to overcome where you had to say like, this is kind of scary, but it is my tour. So I have to pull up my bootstraps and get these <sighs> responsibilities checked off the list. That's a great question. Um, I mean, if, if any of you who are listening have been following me for a while, you'll you might've seen me talk about how difficult touring was. Um, it was, I mean, touring is a, is a huge thing. If you don't do it right. I mean, even if you do do it right, a lot of the time you can lose a lot of money, Mm. (laughs) you know, um, it's, it's physically exhausting. You're, you're crammed in, I mean, whether you're in a van or in a bus, you're with the same, however many, many people for, um, an extended period of time. And so it's, it can weigh on you emotionally, physically, and, financially I was in I was in debt for like the next year um, after tour and that's just because I highly recommend if you're going to tour um, to have an amazing and trustworthy team around you who knows what they're doing who can tell you hey I know you really want a tour bus but you do not have the money for a tour bus (laughs) Um, let's be realistic here and you know I learned a lot of things because the first few tours I had gone on, I was an opening act. And uh, first of all, like I said earlier, the, the pressure to sell tickets, I didn't have that pressure. That was the headliner's mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to go on tour, spend, you know, practically no money and have a great time uh, just <laughs> playing shows and hanging out with my friends. And it was really fun and amazing. And the person I went on tour with um, a couple of times, the tour was backed by a label. So the label pretty much took care of, of most things. And so it was a very comfortable tour and it's not, that's not typical. Usually tours are very, you know, like I said, just difficult and exhausting and, um, not glamorous at all. (laughs) Right. But you know, I had only had like pretty nice experiences. So I was expecting this one was going to be nice. Um, and really what it turned out to be was one of the most difficult things I had done in my career to date, but mm. also I, when I was done with it, I came back and I felt like I had just conquered something. Like I, awesome. I was a, 
it was like pre tour Alex and post tour Alex are two different people. Awesome. And that I can totally attribute to just having to go up and, and um, there are a few, there are a few shows where I was crying backstage because there's just, there was so much drama within my team Oh my gosh. and I was, I, yeah, it was not, it, it wasn't a positive experience, but every <laughs> time I went on stage, um, just like being reminded of the people who were there to see me, who were supporting me, who were encouraging me. And it felt like it was just the most emotional, amazing mm-hmm. experience to share that time with these people who just really were there for, for my music and for me. And it was, um, it was emotional and it made me feel like, okay, so as many times as I wanted to quit throughout this thing, like I can't, I can't do yeah, that. Yeah. You can't let the audience down and, and you know, they no. did, they did pay, they chose to give up their night. They to- exactly. chose to spend their money to come and see you. Yeah. And, I, and I love that you addressed the, what it really boils down to is that, look, let's not kid ourselves. We all know that there's drama. We know that there's challenges. Uh-huh. We know that there's struggles. But when you step foot on that stage, all that stuff gets left, quote unquote, behind the curtain. And now it's yes. time for showtime and you can't let that uh-huh. audience down. And I also like that you said that being an opener, you can't take that for granted. If you get the chance to open for somebody, use that as a chance to learn and to not just say, mm. oh, this is awesome. I, I get to go out on tour <laughs> with somebody and put down on my bio that I opened up for so-and-so. It's like, well, what did you take uh-huh. away from it? What do you mean, what did I take away from it? Well, what did you learn? I got to see a yeah. bunch of cool places. It's not about seeing cool places. Like you just said, mm-hmm. it it primed you. It prepared you, rather. It, mm-hmm. it got you ready to be a headliner so Hats off to mm-hmm. you on, on, on a, you know, a couple of key points that, that you made there. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, again, like it was, it was a really trying time and I learned a lot and I'm probably not going to tour for a while just because I need to figure out the right way to do it for me. And the truth is like, if you don't love performing, if you don't love touring, you don't have to do it. And that's also what I learned is, hmm. um, I just thought that, you know, this is what the life of a successful artist looks like. You know, they make yep. a, they make a record, they go on the road and they tour the country for however many months. And that's just it. And the truth is, there are so many different ways you can be an artist. And I learned that, well, maybe touring isn't something, at least right now, that I have the energy or desire to do. But maybe in the future it will be and that's okay. Like, I can still have a fulfilling and, and quote unquote successful, whatever that yeah, means, uh, exactly. you know, artist career. So that's yeah. also something to keep in mind. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is a conversation that I find myself having on a number of occasions because everybody does it. Granted, there's a lot of talk in the industry that that's where you make your money is touring and merchandise and things like that. And, and that's when, why, where, how you, you do it. But, right. uh, you know, I've also learned that, that I am a, a terrible business person as it relates to this show, because this show was supposed to be <laughs> a marketing tool for my business. And I think I've gotten so far away from it that people don't know that I actually am an artist manager. Um, so I oh, find wow. myself in these discussions with people all the time. And, and I do appreciate when people tell me, look, I want to hire you, but... I'm not getting into this so that I can be this, like you said, recording and touring artist. I'm perfectly Mm -hmm. happy playing music in my local market, and that's it. And so, Mm -hmm. as you said, especially in this generation that we're living in now, where there's so many different ways that you can monetize without the old traditional model of write, record, tour, and then, you know, wash, uh, wash, rinse, repeat, whatever that 
that expression is. So, you know, you've, you've, you've just, you've just proved that. Let, let's move on. I, I do want to talk about, um, it, it is a couple months old now, but congratulations nonetheless on your latest EP called In the Still and Homespun Part 2. Thank you so much. I, yeah, that was a project um, that I self-produced again with my friends, mm. just choosing to work with my friends. Um, yeah, I did that, uh, in my home, in my little wow. like recording setup, a basement, wow. um, with honestly, literally just my roommates. Um, my, I mean, I happen to live with amazing, talented musicians, <laughs> <laughs> so it helps, you know, but, um, yeah, we just collaborated on these songs to, um, bring them to life. They're songs that I wrote specifically for people. I have a um, custom songwriting business. It's a little side business that I created while I was in debt. <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to make money? So I had to get creative. And what I've been doing is I've been writing songs for people who buy them uh, about whatever they want me to write them about. And this set of songs um, are custom songs about really specific people. And so I, be it's, I believe yeah. you have that under the umbrella of, of a Patreon, yes? Yes. I actually just recently um, switched that over. So at first I was selling them on Etsy. And now uh, if you are a, I think it's $20 and up uh, patron, you can be entered into a raffle quarterly and you can win a custom song now, now if you're a patron. So it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing. And what uh, what software are you using for for your recording? So I am working in Logic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like Logic. Well, mm -hmm. I'm curious. Last September, you had put out an EP called "In the Still and Homespun Part One," and five months earlier, you had released a 14 song album called "My Life on the Internet." So, <laughs> what what was the thinking with the two EPs in the Still and Homespun Part One, and then? part two, because obviously you knew you were going to do it that way. Otherwise you wouldn't have called the first one part one, but explain having taken that approach <laughs> mm -hmm. versus waiting longer after the release of my life on the internet. And then just putting all the songs together from these two recent EPs on an eight song release. Oh gosh. The last year was just a whole kind of revamping of my music catalog and um i had hired, hired a manager about a year and a half ago a little less than that um and we kind of sat down and said okay so how are we going to release content we haven't released a lot or i haven't released a lot of of new music in the last few years since share your story so we thought of my life on the internet which honestly all the songs are done and already out <laughs> all that is is a compilation of my favorite covers that I've done, as well as um, I think Too Far and Showing Up are on there. So those are original songs. But that was just something that was kind of like, here is my life on the internet. Okay. Um, I'm going in a new direction uh, where I'm focusing mostly on my original content. And so that is where we were like, let's do this. Uh, in the Stone Homespun is actually a four-part EP series. So... Mm. The first and second part are already out. Um, three's coming out soon, and then four is going to come out after that. The reason why we decided to do that was because, well, a few things. Um, so first of all, it's just nice to be constantly releasing music. Um, for me, I mean, just straight up like a marketing strategy. It was like, 
we're wanting people to be going to my Spotify page a lot. So we can just spread these releases out so that people keep coming back and I'm always releasing things. Also, I just, I've had these, um, these custom songs sitting there and I was like, I really feel like we should make them into a kind of full production and like distribute them and monetize them somehow. Because mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really proud of them, but they're not songs that I would want to put on an Alex G album. As, I see. Per I see. se. So because they're not my story, like I do take parts of, of my story and put them into these songs, but these mm-hmm. are specifically written for other people. So we just thought of In the Still and Homespun, a four-part series, because these are songs that, you know, I created for people that I'm never going to release uh, in, you know, like a breakout album or something. Um, but I still wanted to be releasing original content more consistently. Yeah. So, so if all of that makes sense. It um, does. It does. It's, it's interesting. It's very different. And, and, and I, and I give you credit for that because you're right. You know, you could do these projects as one-off for people who do it through your Patreon as it is set up now and then just deliver uh-huh. it and that's it. And they, you know, for all intents and purposes, never see the light of day, you know, uh-huh. or you could do what you did, which is to recognize that, well, this is my work. I, you know, I didn't, uh-huh. it's not my original, but you know, at the same time, I know there's people that want new Alex G content. And, you know, since I'm working on these, I might as well give them these. And then when I'm ready to do my own full blown Alex G originals, you know, 12 song album or whatever it is, that'll come out. But in the <laughs> meantime, here's something else I can give them. So I like it. Yes. To me, it's very different. I like it. Thank you. Well, and also, I guess some of the motivation for this was it's been hard for me um, financially to go into a studio and find and like work with a producer on making an amazing production of an original song. And so I just haven't had the resources to go with someone else who is um, a professional uh, producer, um, which I've been really wanting to do. And I've been trying to wait till I had the resources to do that for the original content that I've been writing about, you know, my story and my experiences. But so what I did was I, I was like, well, I mean, I've been self-producing for the last eight years, covers and things like that. And I have talented friends. I could just on a super low budget, make all of this myself mm-hmm. and just get someone mm-hmm. else to mix it. And so that's, that was also the mentality is I can, I can make things on my own. I don't have to wait till I have a lot of money, you know, to, to put something yeah. out to the world. And so that was also kind of an empowering thing. Well, I feel like what I'm about to ask you is something that I would normally wait until we, we press stop on the recording. And then I would kind of just talk with the guest privately um, but let's let's let the listeners. We'll give them an exclusive here. We'll we'll have a little private conversation. So Ooh. with the with the huge following that you have, why wouldn't you start working towards a full length album and start up a crowdfunding campaign? And I'm not necessarily saying Kickstarter listeners, since you are listening to our to my private conversation with Alex. Notice <laughs> I'm not saying Kickstarter because I've said on previous episodes of the show, do your research and understand what the differences are. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know if people realize this, but AstroTurf is a brand name. So when 
an artificial playing surface gets installed in a sports stadium, people say AstroTurf. It's like, well, not necessarily. It might be another company that makes it. So mm. Kickstarter is just kind of the one that you know seems to be the the, the go to that everyone talks about when they talk about crowdfunding. But there's other platforms. Right. But to my right. point, though. Because you have such a huge following, why wouldn't you just say, well, I may not have the financial resources I want to go to a top studio and work with a top producer, but I can probably get it crowdfunded from my wonderfully supportive fans. Mm-hmm. See, I have done that in the past. I used actually Pledge Music, which mm. is like a music version of yeah, quote-unquote yeah. Kickstarter, you know. Um, and I did that for my first for my first album that I released, I believe, in t- 2013 gosh was it or was it i like i'm horrible with that (laughs) anyway it was it was my first um original album and i went all all out for that album i went in with this like grammy award-winning producer and like spent six months in the studio we like slept in the studio oh my gosh he had a big he had a big studio and like different rooms and stuff but it was (laughs) it was it was an intense um experience and I had a pledge music campaign because I couldn't afford to do that on my own it was amazing because I was able to fund my record but the aftermath of having to fulfill all of the uh what do you call them I guess uh, yeah all the pledges rewards yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh um I, I just was left with a bad taste in my mouth having to do that because what ended up happening was right right at the like right before my album came out or maybe it was right after my I had to fire my manager mm. some again drama <laughs> <laughs> so this is very this is very like you know behind the scenes situation but fired my manager and I was just kind of left to do everything by myself and what ended up happening was I had to like we hadn't even ordered the, the T-shirts that people bought. We hadn't ordered uh, the physical copies. But, like, this isn't going on in my head. I'm like, this is stuff that my team should be, you know, thinking of. And so it was it was a really stressful period of time where we, I mean, hundreds of T-shirts and physical CDs, and I'm trying to sign all of them. Mm. And we order them too late, and fans are getting so mad at me because I, you know, wow. Wow. wasn't able to send it. So, like, I just had this, like, really stressful experience. As much <laughs> as I like was it. thankful for, yeah. So as much as I was thankful for Pledge Music because I was able to afford the album, I also just felt like, in a sense, you know, as much as I guess it quote unquote wasn't my fault, or I felt like I was letting down. I felt like I was promising a lot and letting letting down my fan base. So I, I just since then I've just kind of been really hesitant to ask people for things. <laughs> um, and I guess that's more of like a personal thing than a practical one. But I, you know, I, I have Patreon, which is great because that's pretty, um, it, it is pretty practical. Like it really does help me pay my bills month to month so that I can continue to make music and do mm-hmm. this stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. But also just, I'm rethinking even how I want to release my music next. I don't even know if I want to do a full length album because I'm just remembering all of the work and time and energy that goes into that. And then it kind of comes out. And in this day and age, I feel like people's attention spans and the market's attention span for music is just so short. 
And so I don't even know if a full length album, if I want to put all that time and money into something that right. I could right. be maybe just focusing on singles or something like that. And so, you know. Yeah, I was going to say it's become such a singles driven industry that it's not uncommon for someone to take that approach and say, why should I put all this time and money into something just because it's the traditional approach when uh -huh. maybe that's not really where my heart is. And I do want to put new content out for the fans from time to time, but it's probably mm -hmm. just going to dribble out of the faucet in the form of singles from time to time. And, you know, not necessarily, yeah. you know, some big full blown 13 song release anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Listeners, do your research. Go to episode 62 of this show and listen to singer-songwriter Elena, who is based in Nashville also. That is a must-listen if you are considering doing a crowdfunding campaign because she talked about her experience with crowdfunding, and specifically, she revealed that, unfortunately, there is such a thing out there as malicious, evil people out there that don't have your best interests at heart, and they actually will put in false pledges. So go listen to episode 62 with Elena. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, fortunately, she caught it in time and, and was able to, to recover, but she told about someone else that found out too late. Um, so it wow. was, yeah, scary stuff. Alex, I mentioned in the intro that at the end of March, you released the video for a song on the EP called Side of the Road. For those that have not seen it yet, or maybe even for those that have, take us through that video. Where was it shot? How long did it take? Those types of details. Oh, man. I am so proud of how the video for Side of the Road came out. It kind of was a happy accident. The video was shot at the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. And the song is, again, a custom song that I wrote for a girl who survived a suicide attempt. And so we got the opportunity to go to the uh, the march in D.C. And we just kind of thought that would be an amazing visual for this song because, you know, under the idea that we are all fighting for our lives in some way and that we are all doing it together. Uh. And it was just a beautiful visual representation of, of that and just showing that we are not alone in this fight for our lives. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just took a bunch of B roll. Um, that's just video footage of me walking through the March. And then I came home and filmed a performance shot, like in one of the rooms in my house and it, okay. it turned out to be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's not a case of where, um, and it's funny that I mentioned episode 62 with Elena because a week before that on episode 61, my um, guest was Cena Earhart. She's a blues singer-songwriter, and she talked about a music video that she made and how they... It's it's a, it's a funny part of the interview. She talked about how they literally got chased by the cops making the video because they were <laughs> shooting in an area where they hadn't gotten permission. But it, it sounds oh, no. to me like you're not talking about something that required permits and permissions. You just kind of did some some stuff while you were at the march and used your own footage like it's not staged it's not okay and action and and here's alex mm -mm. perform right am i am i on the right track there you're 100 percent correct i mean everyone was filming something there it was just it was so crowded with people you know it everything that you see in the video is just me walking through the crowds and saying oh wow I love that sign. I'm going to film it. Okay. Oh, those people look really cool. I'm going to film it. Okay. Yeah. Nothing was planned. Hmm. 
So wait a minute, nothing was planned, but does that mean that when you went to the march, you didn't even know that you're going to end up using some of your footage for a music video? We we did. When I say nothing was planned, I guess staged. I mean... Staged. Uh, nothing was staged. Yeah, staged. Yeah, scripted. Uh, as far as planned... Um, <laughs> So I knew that I was going to be using this footage for the music video for Side of the Road, but I didn't really know. Yeah, it wasn't storyboarded. And what all that it was going to, no, I just yeah. was like, you know, I'm just going to get a bunch of footage and hopefully make something cool out of it. And mm. I got home and I didn't know until I started editing the video yeah. together what it was going to uh, cool. come out to be like. Cool. Listeners, if you are a recording artist who's making music videos, uh, or if you're recording on your own, like Alex said that she is, I encourage you to look at the options that Tascam offers. Uh, specifically when it comes to music videos, they offer options for audio for video. If you click into the products section of Tascam.com, you will see audio for video as one of the categories that you can check out. Those of you who are regular listeners to this show, you know that I use all Tascam gear and putting the show together every week. Uh, we all were actually just out in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago at the National Association of Broadcasters show where Tascam had a booth and where there was enough talk about podcasting going on to substantiate yours truly being there. Anyhow, Tascam.com, it's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Check out all the audio recording solutions that they have. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, I received an email recently from someone wanting me to check them out and their new album, and you should be the beneficiary of this artist's mistake. In the first sentence or two, my first name and last name, as well as Now Hear This Entertainment, were in a different font type and size. That told me that this was a copy and paste drill and didn't feel genuine. It didn't seem authentic and makes me less likely to think they genuinely know about and want to be on NHTE. It's those minor details that could be the difference between you getting a response or an opportunity take care to make your correspondence look and feel like you handpicked the recipient for a reason. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Alex, back on episode 208 of this show, my guest was singer, songwriter, and it's fair to call him advocate, Blake Morgan, who is the one that started the I Respect Music movement. Uh, listeners, if you haven't heard that episode yet, go back and check it out. A very powerful conversation with him. Alex, it is said that a couple of years ago, you, quote, began to discover your voice and that as you discovered the power of that voice, you discovered the power of giving a voice to others and to lending your voice to humanity, end quote. <laughs> so like Blake Morgan, is it fair to say that you too are an advocate or am I kind of stretching the meaning of that quote? You know, I am stepping into that, uh, I guess, uh, name 
more and more every day, but you would be accurate to say that I am an advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I try to be. Um, especially just, it's all been very, it's all been very natural over the last year. Um, I mean, the end of last year, I came out uh, online as bisexual, and I've just kind of become, I guess, an advocate for for the LGBTQ community. And I've gotten some opportunities to go and advocate and represent that community um, in public spaces, and that has been amazing and surprising, I guess. And but before that, um, I've really been trying to be a voice for just people who I care about who are going through real things and who are affected by, you know, certain things going on in the world. And I've been pretty vocal about that over the internet and tried my best to just be a voice for them because I have a platform to do so. Exactly, exactly. And and I was going to say, on the one hand, as evidenced by these songs that you are doing for people, and, and I don't care that it's, well, she's getting paid to. Well, no, but you wouldn't ask people to give you money to do a song for them if you didn't have that kind of heart, you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. think, I think you have to believe, you know, you, you, you have to be a darn, 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 I'll put in one more darn good actor to, <laughs> to fake your way through these songs that you're writing for people just because you want their money. So oh, I, I think yeah. you show that. And, and, and I was going to say, you. and you said it, but you know, you do have this platform available. So why not, you know, whether it's bringing a voice to the LGBTQ community or whatever it is, something that you believe in, it's like, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. This is one of the benefits that I should take advantage of as a musician, as someone that has a following, that now I can kind of bring awareness to concerns that are near and dear to me. And and I, and I have to say that I'm very impressed with your discernment in terms of telling yourself that you would do what we're talking about right now, rather than pursuing being what it says is an unattainable superstar, because you <laughs> know, obviously the popular notion is that being a superstar is probably what everyone in music must be going for. And, and I have right? said, yeah. I've said countless times in the show that the definition of success varies from person to person, regardless, yeah. mind you, of what career you're in. So I admire you saying I'm going to be more about making an impact than just trying to see if I could be a worldwide superstar. Thank you so much. That, I mean, that's pretty much it. And that is something that I'm still, oh gosh, I'm still unlearning, honestly. In the first five or so years of my career, I didn't really have a purpose that I was aware of. I wasn't sure why I was doing it. I just kind of accidentally fell into this, um, you know, I worked really hard to get a following, but I didn't really know, I guess, why I was doing it. I just kind of expected that if I'm in this industry, my goal is to be the next Taylor Swift yep. or to, you know. Yeah, I guess I'm supposed to make a lot of money and goal. I guess I'm supposed to strive to be a world, yeah. world-renowned superstar. Yes, and that was what I was aiming for. And I thought that anything less than that was just not worth it. Or I don't know if I, if I didn't reach that, I was on my way to feel embarrassed. Um, but I have just had to unlearn that so much because it's not like that was, you know, it's not like I was the one who thought of that. I, you know, you hear a lot of people telling you a lot of things and promising you a lot of things. And, um, you kind of just expect that that's going to be your life. And, you know, I had to realize that I actually didn't, want that even if I even if I had attained 
<laughs> I'm just going to use Taylor as an example, but Taylor Swift stardom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I had to ask myself, would I be happy? And that's something that is a scary question to ask. I think as an artist and someone who's, you know, fighting to, I guess, be successful or make it is would I, but would I be happy? And do I care enough about my own personal happiness and the impact that I'm making on the world and also on myself? Um, you know, do I care enough about that to say no to something that I don't think would bring me joy, even though I think other people would look at me and be impressed. And I had, yeah, I had to unlearn that. And I realized, uh, a few years ago that I just care more about my, my mental health and also the impact that I'm making in people's lives. And when I started to go through a very personal transformation, I started to learn about and read about things such as vulnerability, um, showing up authentically, shame. And I was reading a lot of Brene Brown books, which if any of you who are listening have not heard of Brene Brown, you just, you need to go and (laughs) read all of her books. They will change your life forever. They did for me, honestly. While I was diving into that, I was learning how much my life was changing just by being vulnerable and sharing my story. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, okay, well, how do I attribute this or how do I turn this into something that I can um, put out into the world musically? Like, how can I make this a part of my, my artist career? And so I came up with the idea of share your story, which was the first time that I wrote songs about other people's stories. But I actually, I didn't ask anyone to, to pay me for this. I just said, send in your story. Um, I want to write about you. I feel like, I feel like the life of an artist can be so like insular and, and kind of just self absorbed. And I wanted to do something that wasn't just about me. So that's how this whole thing started, you know, was just like, um, empathy, like, times a hundred. Cause I had wow. to read through all wow. of these. We got it. We got in over like 1400 stories. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And we had to read through all of them. And I had, I was choosing five to write a song about with their name is the title. And mm. that EP is out. You can listen to it. It's called share your story, but, um, it was the most life changing project that I've, I've done for myself. And just to see that all of these people think that they were alone in their story and really, there were so many people writing about the same, the same issues yeah, that they were yeah. going through. And it was just so powerful that I was able to elevate someone else's voice Absolutely. that didn't, didn't feel like they had a platform Absolutely. or a voice to do so. And, you know, backing up a little bit, when, when you're talking about the choice that you made, we hear about it in everyday life. It's, it's not exclusive to the entertainment business. You, you'll, you'll meet someone who is just got more money than they know what to do with, but they are absolutely Mm -hmm. miserable in their work. And then you'll meet people who genuinely love what they do and are doing okay financially, but they're nowhere (laughs) near this other person. And and that's, you know, that's kind of what you just, and and look, I mean, let's be honest, you're you're obviously doing wonderfully and and we all know that you're going to continue to do terrific things with your music. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, you'll, you'll be rewarded financially, but at the same time, not in the way of the person who says I'm making scads of money and I'm not really happy doing it, but my bank account yeah. sure loves me. So, uh, yeah. you know, for, for what it's worth, um, you know, an old coworker of mine used to say, my opinion in 25 cents will get you a cup of coffee. 
but but I <laughs> I, I I support the, the the decision that you made and the route that you're taking. Thank you, thank you so much, Alex. We have been fortunate to get listeners to this show from 132 countries around the world. So, wow. listeners, if you're a loyal Alex G follower, just stick with us. I know you probably have heard her talk about this before, and we will have more for you here in a minute or two or three. But, Alex, for the benefit of those who check out Now Hear This Entertainment every week and are just being introduced to you for the first time, let's get into the story about how this all got started for you eight years ago, as I mentioned back in the intro. And, and plus, I, I think it provides great inspiration for listeners who are performers themselves and are downloading the show every week to get insight and advice from me and my guests. So you were in high school in 2010 in Colorado. You had stage fright. You started creating music videos. And, and I'll let you pick up the story from there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was just a shy kid. And I, you know, I loved to sing. I grew up singing and I just had no confidence. And um, I think like many high school kids, uh, but I just wanted people to know that I, I could sing and that I loved to do it. And so I, I started posting videos to my, my YouTube channel, uh, just for my friends to see. And, you know, I, one thing led to another kind of thing. And, um, I got connected to this, um, YouTuber who had a pretty big following and he, you know, said, why don't we work together? And mm. he happened to, to, he happened to live in Colorado in my actual literal wow. neighborhood. Wow. Um, which yes, Colorado is where I'm from. But, um, that, so that, that was kind of a crazy coincidence, honestly. And so I ended up going to college for one year and just, I got the YouTube bug, I guess. And I <laughs> didn't want to go back. I was, I was asked to go on tour with this guy. Mm. And so I went on my first, my first tour. It was just, it was honestly just a whirlwind for how old was I? 19, 19 year old me. Um, so much was changing so fast. It was so much was working. I wasn't, uh, living I was living at home still and I was making more money than I could know what to do with for some reason I I just uh you know I had a lot of fun kind of figuring out how to grow my my YouTube channel through mm -hmm. through doing fun things like <laughs> cover popular songs and so I got really good at that and also though at the time I was doing it it was a lot easier for you to start a YouTube channel and actually get seen. Now it's just, it's so over-concentrated that combined with the algorithms, it's a lot harder now, but I, I was kind of at, at the very edge of when YouTube got, you know, more difficult to enter. But yeah, I worked, I worked really hard. I learned how to produce music. I learned how to film and edit my own videos. Mm. Um, I collaborated a lot with a lot of people in the YouTube community. And that honestly is how, I got here. That is how I grew my fan base to over a million subscribers. And like, you just, you got to cover what's popular so that when people are searching for the song, yours comes up first. That's how you do it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a secret. Yeah. Shame on me because there's a guest that I, and I, I pride myself on this bizarre mental Rolodex of all the people that I've talked to. And I can't remember, but somebody said that in the not too distant past on this show that, that what they do mm -hmm. is they look for actually you know what it might have been Cooper Phillip um, but don't don't hold me to that but okay. they said uh, that they look <laughs> for the new song that comes out and they right away they try to be one of the first people to post 
a cover video of that song mm-hmm. so that as the song builds steam yeah. and gets momentum and people start looking it up, all of a sudden they go, oh, what's this cover version? Who's this Alex G person? And the next thing you know, exactly the, the odometer reading is spinning. <laughs> exactly. That's, I mean, that's how you do it. You just kind of work the system. You, you keep up with, you know, is Katy Perry going to release her next single? Oh, she is. Okay. Well, we need to like cover it as quick as possible. Do, do a music video and put, put it up. And, you know, I've from start to finish been involved in like a project that took a day from start of like, we heard the song in the morning, Mm. recorded it, filmed it, uploaded it. And And by the time you went to bed that night, you already had a video on YouTube. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. And the in the song and the cover up on um, iTunes and Spotify, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, we can work. That's the cool thing about the YouTube world is you can work so quickly. And, and most of the people who are, you know, doing this are self-sufficient. And that's the honestly, I mean, I would suggest everyone be self-sufficient in as much as they can, because it's just, you know, it's hard to have to rely on other people to get stuff done but that's you know that's the perk of of figuring out on your own is that you can from start to finish in one day you know put out a fully produced (laughs) music video um and and yeah like that's just that's just kind of the thing you ride the wave but but then thinking back to that avatar that i painted a picture of who's listening right now because he or she is starting another music career and is trying to learn from this show mm-hmm. from me and my guests every mm-hmm. week. If it's even fair to ask this question of an artist who has 1.5 million subscribers, how, <laughs> how realistic is it for that aspiring p- performer to think, hey, Alex started as a high school student with stage fright and eight years later has a million and a half subscribers in this day and age of videos going viral? I can have success on YouTube too. Or, 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 or is it a case of Bruce, there's no magic formula here. It's just great videos posting consistently and a lot of hard work because, because on the one hand you were saying that the algorithms have changed, but on the other hand, you're Uh saying if you can be timely and be self-sufficient and get something produced really quickly. So, so which is it? Talk, talk to those Mm -hmm. listeners about how realistic it is to hope for big success on YouTube or not. Oh man. I'm over here shaking my head like <laughs> with my head in my hand while you ask that question because I feel like I feel like it's changed so much and I feel like I am still trying I'm trying my best to keep up with with the internet. <laughs> I feel so I feel so old when I say that. But um I mean all I can tell you is what I did and that it worked for me. Um there is like yes, there is a formula um, that you can apply. There's no guarantee that it's going to work for you because again, there are so many people who have, you know, I guess figured it out and are, are trying to do this, this same thing. And also YouTube, you know, the website does not make it easy for people who are just starting out. They just Uh, really don't. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult and it's been hard for me too, because I'm like, well, I don't have, I'm someone who also has just changed my, my goal. I guess if my goal was still to, uh, you know, be making viral videos and to be getting into people's feeds, um, you know, maybe what I'm doing now would look, maybe I would be 2.5 million subscribers by Mm -hmm. now. But I guess the truth is like, also you can, I've seen success where people just make something that is 
not super relevant or like timely to today and it goes viral just because they're you can see their heart behind it it's a good idea um for that happened for me I did a cover of Imagine by John Lennon with um my friend Gustavo and we did a Spanish and English version of of Imagine Mm. and I we did that a couple years ago and it's got like five million views I thought it was gonna get like 20,000 views and it'd be you know no one would think twice about it but it was such a beautiful um I it was just such a beautiful concept because he's he's here under DACA he's a dreamer and so my intention was just I just want to make something with you because I really like I really like you I look up to you I think you're amazing and I think we can make something beautiful together Mm. he didn't have a he didn't have a following of any kind it wasn't like like you know and so yeah we just uh you never, you just never know. But I think there are ways to, I guess, beat the system and get into people's search engines. But also, for me, it, it came at a cost. Well, and also, you know, quite simply, you can't put all your eggs in the YouTube basket. You know, just like I've been no, heard. No, you cannot. I've been heard saying yeah. on the show before that you can't put all your eggs in the Facebook basket. So obviously, you can't put uh-huh. all your eggs in any one particular basket. You really need to be no. working all these different. Uh, platforms. I am joined today by Nashville-based singer-songwriter Alex G. Check her out online at officialalexg.com. There are links there to the various social media platforms where she is absolutely crushing it. In addition to YouTube, (laughs) obviously, you will find Alex on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's even a link there for Snapchat. Her music is streaming on Spotify, uh, you and I might have a little difference of opinion on this, Alex. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on it, but please, <laughs> please let me promote for you. Her music yeah. is streaming on Spotify, <laughs> but listeners, as you will hear Blake Morgan talk about in episode 208, and as we've talked about before in the show, you can really support artists like Alex by purchasing her music from iTunes and other online retailers so that she gets more than a fraction of a penny that Spotify pays for one song stream. Yeah. Alex, as you have heard, also has a Patreon campaign which you can find more information about on officialalexg.com. And speaking of Patreon, if you find value in listening to Now Hear This Entertainment, whether that's just this episode or you've listened to several or hopefully you're a subscriber and you listen every week, if you get entertainment value from the show and or if you feel that my guests and I bring you educational value, I would greatly appreciate your support of the Patreon campaign that we have going on our website, nhte.net. There is a button to go over to it, or you can head directly to patreon.com slash nhte. Alex, I'm used to giving out plugs for my guests' live dates, too. Uh, you were saying that you are kind of evaluating what touring might look like for you in the future, but can we look for any one-off shows maybe that are currently in the planning stages uh, sometime here in the next, say, three, four, five, six months? Um, unfortunately, no. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't That's have fair. anything planned um, as far as live shows, but I do have, you know, so much music coming out. And so if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, I just suggest you follow me on my social media. Cool, cool. And uh, we'll have a little bit of fun here. You just talked about that you were... Uh, you mentioned a video that you did with a friend of yours. So here's here's a little fun bit of now hear this entertainment version of the Kevin Bacon game. You did a video <laughs> in 2016 with Kurt Hugo Schneider and a couple of others, a cover of Send My Love by Adele. Mm. And Kurt Hugo Schneider has done a couple of videos with Citizen Shade, 
who were guests on episode 158 of my show, and they talked on there about collaborating with him. So how did you get connected with Kurt, and when will you do a collaboration with Citizen Shade? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kurt Kurt is awesome. I got connected with him years ago. I mean, the YouTube community, there are, I think, a lot of very just small YouTube communities of people who just work together and help each other out and know each other. And he just was one of the early ones. I was watching his videos before I even started doing YouTube. Ah. And so it was actually a dream. It was actually a dream of mine to work with Kurt. I was like, oh, oh my cool. gosh, his videos are so professional. Uh, and so finally I got to work with him. I've worked with him a handful of times. Um, and it is so fun every time time we he's so I mean he makes us do these like crazy routines I've done like different patty cake routines different like yep, yep. gosh all sorts of stuff like that um and citizen shade I think I've seen a few of those collaborations that they've done with Kurt and I'm trying to even remember. yeah those guys those guys aren't terribly far from you they're they're in the Carolinas so you never know stranger okay. things have been known to happen um, speaking oh, of, so, yeah. uh, speaking of geography, I have said a couple times that you're in Nashville. There are a couple places, I don't know, somewhere on your social media or something. I, I picked up the Los Angeles area. So you obviously moved. Uh, when mm-hmm. was that? Why was that? So I went from Colorado to Los Angeles to here in Nashville. Uh, I was in, I was in LA for three ish years and, I mean, the short, the short, the short story would just be, I, it was soul sucking and I needed to get out. Mm. Um, and I, you know, LA's, LA's cool for some people. And for me, it just, it didn't sit well with my, I mean, I have anxiety issues. It just wasn't good for my mental health. I missed seasons. Um, I also couldn't, you know, it's, hard to afford living in LA and and that darn also, traffic for Pete's sake oh that my gosh. darn traffic well Nashville's getting bad too but nowhere near LA also Nashville is just so much more compatible with the kind of music I'm making and so I just really wanted to tap into the artist world here in Nashville nice nice well mm-hmm. uh we're gonna close today with a song of yours called showing up but before we let you go Yay. tell the listeners all about this song please Showing up. I love showing up. This song was written um, actually in partnership kind of with Target. I did a brand deal with Target and they were doing a campaign about uh, showing up as your full authentic self. And I was like, that is exactly in line with who I am and what I'm trying to communicate. So I wrote this song just about um, being vulnerable and showing up in your everyday life exactly as you are and being loved exactly as you are. And so that's what this song's about. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for making the time. I, I really enjoyed it and uh, wish you nothing but the best. I, I can't wait to see you continue to, to break YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if YouTube doesn't break me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now I Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-songwriter Alex G. Do check her out online at officialalexg.com. And of course, engage with her on social media. And by that, I mean like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, add her on Snapchat, 
and certainly subscribe to her YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. Again, her music is streaming on Spotify, but do purchase Alex's music by downloading from iTunes and similar online music retailers. Keep up with Alex online so you can see any and all news, notes, developments that she's putting out. And again, she has a Patreon campaign that you can get more information about from her website. I would be ever so grateful, ever so grateful for your consideration of the Patreon campaign for this show. Go to our website, nhte.net, and click on the Patreon button there or head directly to patreon.com slash nhte. Thanks ever so much for listening. As promised, we will send you out today with another song from Alex G. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Showing Up. Thinking every reason I got to sit